is Tuesday the 1st of May 2018. Uh, this is Raptors in the Kitchen. I am one of your hosts, Paco Rodriguez, and I am joined by, you can do this all day, Tommy Vass. How's it going? And a guy who can make all the Jaffa cakes in the universe vanish with a click of a finger, it's Neil McCulloch. That I can, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> uh, how, are, how are you gentlemen doing? Yeah, no bad, man. I'm, I'm all right. No all right. bad. Not too bad. Uh, so we'd love a Jaffa cake now that you brought them up. Yeah, man, me man too. Who, who wouldn't? Like, have we spoke about Jaffa cakes on the show before? Well, I don't know. We I no, know, do that, you know what it was. That would be listening to it. We uh, we spoke about Jaffa cakes at the weekend after watching Infinity War with a good friend Craig Bellamy and his missus. We did. Uh, that's right enough. Because I was lamenting the loss of the different flavored Jaffa cakes that we used to get back in the golden days. And then you, uh, you do still get flavored Jaffa cakes. Yeah, the green ones are Halloween. Go, you, no. All right. Okay. You get flavored Jaffa cakes in like supermarket owned brand styles. Yeah, but that's mm. no one wants that. Like, we want the real yeah, deal. I, don't I want know. like a, a raspberry Jaffa cake. Yeah, I want, I want like an actual proper raspberry Jaffa cake and an actual proper like lime Jaffa cake. McVitie's Jaffa cakes, absolutely. Um, yeah, the green ones always seem to be like the spooky Jaffa cake bars, like the lime flavoured ones. They're quite nice. Um, but yeah, our good friend Craig and his missus kind of they debunked the whole thing, like in terms of uh, what oh, makes yeah, a yeah. cake and a biscuit, and uh, she went all science on us talking about the actual ingredients. Uh, and I'm pretty it sure. was to do with like uh, this is like what he's talking about here is like the, the age old debate of whether or not a Jaffa cake is a cake or a biscuit and uh, I was starting to bring up the point of like I heard somebody mention that if you leave a cake out it gets hard but if you leave a biscuit out it gets soft so like when you leave a Jaffa cake sitting out does it get hard or soft and that would determine whether or not it was a cake or a biscuit but then uh, Craig's missus just kind of dropped a fucking bombshell on us by saying that it's purely to do with like whether or not it contains egg and self-raising flour. Yeah. So that put an end to that whole thing. Neil seems stunned. Well, I was going to say, Neil's a, a chef. a great, great story, well told. Yeah. All right, I thought Neil being a chef <laughs> might have uh, added something in there about, you know, food ingredients. No, no, all I care is that they're tasty yeah. and they are a fruit. Yeah. And then one of my five a day that's right, man. I'm more than five a day. We're not here to talk about confectionery, though. We're here to talk about films. We sure are. We sure uh, are. So, have they actually seen any this week? <laughs> I mean, like, we've all seen Infinity War, which is why the well, show's yes, as late that, as yeah. it is, yeah. I guess. Um, uh, a combination of, like, Tommy was up north seeing his family. How'd that go? I was fine, I It was fine. Uh, I liked uh, Neil's wee post today on uh, Raptors in the Kitchen Facebook referencing how it's May Day and it is in fact uh, the day of harvest uh, in the Wicker Man. Okay. So that was pretty sweet, man. I, I like that uh, nice wee reference. I wanted to make it far more offensive to people from up north. Nah, you always said kind of still kind of tired. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's what everyone should strive for, really. I, I didn't find it offensive. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's 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 right. That's well, that's what I'm saying. I would have liked to have made it more offensive. Mm. I also like. I was planning on kind of going somewhere because, like, I've had a week off work. I've got like another week off just now. Uh, but instead, God of War released on the PS4, and uh, it came out the day Tommy went up to the Highlands, and then all of a sudden he was just back here like seven days later, and I had barely moved. Yeah. I. Uh, so yeah, that's that's been my week off. But yeah, we're recording this a bit later than normal. It was, it was uh, pretty much how most of Paco's holidays go where the couch is about six inches from the telly, 
Um, there is crisp packets and sweet packets all over the place, and this the, is, the, the living room is pretty much just a filth den. This is slanderous lies. This living room has never been tidier than it is now. Yeah, because I went around but, and like but, wiped but, all the surfaces and everything. And yeah, but, but yeah, but when I came in and you were in the middle of God of War, I was like, yeah. The only difference then was the couch was moved forward, and that was it. It was still tidy. There was crisp packets and such all over the place. Yeah, like clean crisp packets from like empty crisp packets are not clean crisp packets. <laughs> Uh, how's your week been, Neil? It's been okay. Uh, bit of work here and there. Been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh, I had planned to do some kind of podcast myself, but is it Assassin's like on your Creed own? Or- well, I Tommy was up north. You had told me you were going away, Paco. I mean, so I, I, thought, I should have went away. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, Although by Wednesday you could have went. I've not been away to idea something. I did think about it, but then at the same time, I was like throwing like frost imbued magical axes at goblins' heads. It's uh, a pretty good excuse. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Mm. But like, also, we hadn't seen anything. Like, uh, that, this is true. Yeah. yeah. yeah Infinity seen... War came out on Friday. Like, <coughs> this is now Tuesday. Hopefully, once we're done recording this today, like, I'll, I'll get it posted up tonight. Yeah. It was like, um, it, was a, it was an alright week to be away because it's like, yeah, Infinity War's coming out. Nothing is coming to try and face that down. Oh, the release schedule was garbage. It was. It was terrible. I believe. Um, I believed it. I remember having a conversation with you saying that your mother was actively pissed off because the cinema was so shit, and I was like, "Man, she knows Infinity War's coming out, so what does she expect?" Well, she's got I, all I those spoke, fast and furious movies mother, to watch anyway. Oh, I talked to my mum about that. I uh, I pitched that series to her, and she she politely refused. <laughs> the Irons and the Furious. Uh, but I spoke to her tomorrow, and she was raging that um, she goes to physio on a Monday, so she's not in the office on a Monday. So she'll quite often go to the cinema then. And she was kind of raging at my dad having to work today because it meant she couldn't go and see Infinity War, and she had to go see The Leisure Seeker. Oh God! In Donald Sutherland. Oh, Do we have any any of your mother's hot takes on The Leisure Seeker? Uh, I haven't spoken to her today since. Uh, my mother will sometimes enjoy those movies because um, it's her 60th birthday next week. Oh man, happy birthday, Ange. Um, she goes to these kind of what I call the the grey flicks. Me, me and you have talked about this, Neil. Yeah. Is, it, is this like this, another word for the, the senior screens? No, no, yeah, no. Like the, kind of. Like the, the senior market. Films made specifically for that market, like your exotic marigold hotels. Yeah, yeah that film is alright. It, it's not that it's not alright, it's just like, yeah. it's a film where you're like, the main star is like Dame Judi Dench and Brendan Gleeson, and it's about old English folk being old English folk. So did you go see that shitty fucking potato peel pie thing? Is that the one with uh, Emma Thompson? I don't know. Oh. No, did you not talk about this one last week, Tommy? Yeah, we did. I thought it was Broadbent, but it, was, it wasn't. No. It was Domino Gleeson. It was, uh No, Dom. Brendan Gleeson. Is Brendan Di- Gleeson in it? And Diane Keaton. Diane Wait, Keaton. Oh, you're talking about this Leisure Seeker thing? No, Leisure Seeker is no. the one with Donald Sutherland. Right. Donald Sutherland and Helen Mirren. Mm-hmm. This is all getting that- mega confusing. Uh, much like old age. Um, <laughs> like, will we jump into some news? Yeah, um... News isn't great. 
this week because um, um, the internet has just been fucking talking about Infinity War, which if, uh, that is officially the biggest opening ever. It has made more money in its opening weekend than Justice League made in its entire run. That's correct. Um, I also thought it was I'm... funny when um, the, the headline was basically Infinity War, um, biggest opening weekend, Lucasfilm congratulates. And I'm like, Lucasfilm is owned by Disney, as is Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's so all they're, 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 happen. Yeah, so they're, they're sucking their own dick. <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, yeah, it's, it's such a meaningless thing. It's like, yeah, guys, we did well. Thanks, guys. We absolutely did well. We're such a good team. But, I mean, this was a foregone conclusion, wasn't it, with Infinity War? It really was. Yeah. I, I never doubted this at all. Oh, it was always going to make money. It's always yeah. going to be huge. Yeah. But there you go. Um, but we'll get to Infinity War because that's the only thing we watched. Um, I, I watched something today. You did, sorry. You did indeed. You we'll, watched we'll, Batman we'll, Ninja. We'll get to that, though. Speaking of what well, we were talking briefly about, uh, the, the Grey Flicks, as Neil calls it, uh, another uh, actress I would lamp in that you tend to see in those things is Charlotte Rampling. Yep. I've never heard of her, man. Um, yep. You would have seen her. She is in Red Sparrow. She is in Assassin's Creed. Uh, she's in Angel Heart. She is just, she's just there. She's there a lot of the time. Very, very reliable. But she joins um, Paul Verhoeven's um, next film, The Good Virgin. Now, as soon as I read this, I was like, well, of course this <laughs> what, is Paul what Verhoeven. What Verhoeven are we getting? <laughs> yeah, okay. This is the Verhoeven you're getting, right? I'm going to, I'll play a game with you as come the end of this, right? So the film stars uh, Virginia Elfra, who was in L. Did you see L? I that was Verhoeven's last movie. It was really good. Um, stars as Bernadette, Bernadette Carlini, a, a, a novice nun who is capable of performing miracles. Hold on, hold on. A novice nun. Yes. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. Is in like she's new to. It. Yes. Right. Uh, capable of performing miracles, um, uh, and this is going on whilst the plague is ravaging 17th century Italy. While at the cov- uh, the co- the convent, she's at the, co- the what convent? convent. That's it. Yes, uh, she begins a love affair with right gentlemen. It's a Paul Verhoeven film. Roger who, Moore. Who is she having a love affair with? <laughs> it is not Roger Moore. He is dead. Uh, <laughs> Would that stop Paul Verhoeven? Oh, you're you're warm. You're warm, but it's a Paul Verhoeven deal. It can't even Hope. be that simple. No, that'd be fucking great. <laughs> Uh, it's the 17th century no no it's the 17th century it'd be mega frowned upon another one way there you go Paco another nun um, to be precise was it Verhoeven that done Black Book yes it was Uh, never seen that you told me it was really good yeah yeah yeah, where you see the unnecessary shot of her bleaching her pubes blonde how is it unnecessary like she's trying to make herself look like a German I know but it put this, it's a Paul Verhoeven shot. It's something we didn't really have to see, but Paul Verhoeven has to make sure we get all the deets, especially the sexual ones. Um, but yeah, and uh, Charlotte Rampling is said to be in a key supporting role, as well as the guy who played the Merovingian in The Matrix okay. uh, trilogy. A guy was a ball bag, man. Yeah, he wasn't great, man. Can you name one other film that he was in? Uh, Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want to say Babylon AD. He was in a terrible film that also had Billy Connolly and Paul Walker in it. 
Oh, oh timeline. Yeah. Oh, timeline. <laughs> I have. I have never seen timeline. I've only ever read the Wikipedia uh, synopsis of it. And that was enough to put me right off. I've both read the book and watched the movie, and they are both terrible. Is that not a Richard Donner film as well? It's also a Michael Crichton. It's a Michael Crichton novel. Well, a group of scientists find a time machine or some shit. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happens. They build build a a time-traveling device, and then about seven or eight of them end up back in the past. But they happen to have like somebody who's a specialist Man. in that medieval culture. It's about and, uh, he had been practicing like kind of sword play and stuff. So like oh. a bunch of them start getting killed like through like various means, but then like, you know, one or two manage to get back to our timeline. That's dumb. <laughs> Wait, is Michael Bain not in that one? No. No. He's in time crisis or time he's in time something. Not Terminator. I know that he's in that, but it's a, it's time something. It's one with a uh, magic watch. Is it even Hawk that's in that? Probably. In Timeline? Yeah. No, like Paul Walker and Billy Connolly are like the most famous people in it. No, there's somebody else in that, I'm sure. It's maybe the guy who did the Brothers McMullen. There's like the, the there's like a Scottish actor in it, I think, who was like gonna be like relatively famous at one point, but then Billy like, Boyd. Is a co- his uh, career never really counted too much. Billy Boyd? No, it wasn't Billy Boyd. He ended up in Lord of the Rings, one of the biggest movies of all time. Yeah, but what's he so, done since then? Uh, yeah. He drinks in Greyfriars Bobby in the East End of Glasgow. That's what he does. Okay. Coming to a cinema near you. Uh, <laughs> um, other bit of news. Hold uh, on, I'm checking out who that timeline guy is. Okay. That's Gerard Butler. Oh, it's is it, Big Paisley. another Scottish guy? It's Gerard Butler. Big Paisley. <laughs> Superb. Man, I, I, this is actually... See the cast on this, right? You've got Paul Walker, Gerard Butler, Billy Conley, Francis O'Connor, David Fulis, Anna Friel, Neil McDonough, that... Michael Sheen. Oh, wait a minute. Was this was this Gerard Butler's first role? Like I... very very possibly I can check. Was he not in Lara Croft? He's in Lara Croft. That was the second um, one of the Cradle of Life. He's he's a love interest. Love interest. Wait, is Daniel Craig not in that one? That's no, he's in the first one. Uh, <clears throat> he's the love interest. Jared <laughs> <laughs> Butler has done fifty nine movies. His first one is Tomorrow Never Dies, followed he, by Mrs. Brown. He was in Tomorrow Never Dies. Tomorrow Never Dies. Aye, was that the one with the oil? I just it would just be some guy. Yeah, he's listed as leading seaman, HMS Devonshire. So he's probably got a line. <laughs> what one was Tomorrow Never Dies? Was that the one with the... Jonathan Price and he's a newspaper right. merchant. Right. I still don't mind Tomorrow Never Dies. I... He's got a stealth boat. Yeah, that's, that's Tomorrow Never Dies. It's a shite. Um, yeah, so next bit of news. Uh, speaking of boats... <laughs> Is this uh, going to be about Jaws again? No, uh, Mel Gibson is set but to direct... Let's talk about Jaws. <laughs> uh, oh man, we could talk about Jaws all day. No, come on, Mel Gibson is uh, set to direct... Mel, Mel Gibson is set boat. to direct uh, a World War II pick called Destroyer, which is about uh, is about a naval vessel, um, the USS Laffey, who defended their ship from 22 kamikaze attacks. Okay. Um, I'll watch that. Does, I, I think Mel Gibson as a director is fairly reliable. Right. I don't know what happened there, but like at some point during your like kind of reading of that, like I got it in my head it was Mel Brooks that was making this. 
That was like a now that's a movie yeah. I would watch. Oh God! <laughs> Mel Brooks, he's, is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. My brother saw him in London last year. Oh wow! Doing stand up. Really? He must be in his nineties. Mm-hmm. So Mel Gibson, though, that's a different movie. That would yes. be a serious bastard, right there. Yeah. Um, generally, uh, Mel Gibson's a director is quite reliable. I will watch it. Um, I suppose the question being is, do we need an our World War Two film? I mean, we don't ever need anything until you watch it and it becomes good. True. Do you mean like a? Um, well, we don't ever need anything. But yeah, that's like people are quick to kind of jump on these things. But like, I mean, Dunkirk came out last year and it was a fucking great movie. It so was. Yeah. Uh, what was yeah, that like? Uh, the one with Andrew Garfield in it that I never watched. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge, which was Mel Gibson. Yeah, uh, I wasn't that good. I've heard that. Was I good, really though. enjoyed that man. I thought it was great. So do you mean like as long as it's good, does the setting doesn't really? No, matter? yeah, like again. Mel Gibson directs World War Two epic. I'm like, yeah, I will watch that because, as I said, I find his work as a director very reliable. Um, moving on, uh, John Cena is to star in the latest Robert Ludlum adaptation, uh, the Jansen directive. Uh, the directive. Uh, Cena plays Paul Jansen, former Navy SEAL, whose SEAL in Vietnam turned him <laughs> over to the enemy. And then he managed to escape and returned with evidence of war crimes, which got the CEO killed, uh, executed. Uh, so that's his backstory. Um, this is based on a few books. And uh, in this one, Jansen is a security um, consultant whose latest job is to rescue a billionaire who has been kidnapped by terrorists. So, shit. The, the best part of this story, though, the best part of this story is, though, the, the man he is taking that role from yes, is Dwayne The Rock is, Johnson. Who developed it for a while and now it's just, it went into fuck all and now Big John's taking it. Um, having, seen John's, it. having seen John's work in The Marine and 12 Rounds, he doesn't do action fun that well. But in saying, not to say those, those films aren't very good films anyway, but he's more, I've seen... He's, he's, he's developed funnier. as an actor since. Well, I mean, so you've seen... Work. Cock blockers. I mean, that's a comedy. But have you? Did you see that sniper film? Yes, he did with he's, Doug he's, he's worked better in he's worked better in comedies. Mm. Um, no, he, I'll give him a chance. He's developed, so hopefully, he can maybe do a bit better serious. He's mm. been good. In, his promos have been good in the wrestling lately. So yeah, if he gets more if he gets more movie work, it means he can fuck off in the wrestling eventually. You don't want him in the wrestling? No, I don't like no. John Cena. I don't like no. He seems like a, he's a boy scout. He seems like a lovely lad, but I'm sick of him. Off, the, I just want him off the, the the wrestling telly. I watch his films, um, but yeah, um, again, news very sparse, gentlemen. This bit of news, I I don't know if this is true, given the source it's come from. Ben Wheatley, um, who did Kill List, a couple of episodes of Doctor Who, uh, yeah. has been is maybe rumored to be doing a Marvel movie. Now I think this is bullshit because. Bob Mortimer revealed was there Bob Mortimer or Vic Reeves? It was one of the gentlemen anyway, who revealed on Adam Buxton's podcast that they were developing a project um <laughs> about Michael Jackson, but that was getting shelved because Marvel phoned Ben Wheatley. Now a lot of that story I'm like, this is bullshit, they're just trolling folk. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. Ben Wheatley and Reeves and Mortimer produced a Michael Jackson what film. Was, there was like was it Ben Wheatley that did that uh, the kind of big gunfight movie that was yeah, in? Yeah, like... um, Free Free Fire. Yeah, was yeah. that any good? I enjoyed it. 
I enjoyed it. It, it is what it was. It was a bunch of folks shooting each other in the one room, but I thought uh, Shelter Copley was really good in it. Kelly Murphy was good in it. Brie Larson was... Everyone was good in it. So what kind of... what is there a Marvel movie that fits that kind of style? Well, of like kind of really action-packed with kind of gunplay Punisher? Would they make a Punisher movie again? I doubt it. No, I think if they were ever to do Punisher, it would be in an ensemble. Yeah. I don't think they would do him as a, a solo movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We don't need a Punisher film, though. We've got the fucking awesome TV show. Well. Yeah, there's, there's, plenty, pro- there's plenty of properties a guy like Ben Wheatley could do. But yeah. whether... Marvel would allow him to do it entirely in his style. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's very especially true. after the whole Edgar Wright thing. Yeah. yeah, although they had great results with Taika Waititi and let him do his thing for Ragnarok. So, uh, yeah, but that that tends to be the thing with Marvel. I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, James Gunn, director of Slither, it's like we're wanting you to head up Guardians of the Galaxy. You're like. That's a big step up for you. Um, even as I've mentioned uh, what Neil was saying about Ragnarok, you're like, man, they're going to let what we did in the Shadows guy do thir- Thor 3, and it works. So yeah. sometimes it is like Marvel's, even the Russo brothers, I mean, they were Arrested Development, yeah, yeah. Uh, some episodes of The Office, and they just made like possibly oh, they the biggest came, movie they came ever. from Community. Community as well. Community yeah. as well, yeah. <laughs> but there you go. They're, they're more comedy roots, and then they, they're like, we want you to... A, a spy espionage thriller called The Winter Soldier, and they fucking knocked out the park. Yeah, really and uh, now they're leading the way. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, like, uh, we were talking again to Rick Craig after watching Infinity War, and uh, he mentioned that like, he was a wee bit sceptical that uh, he wasn't sure if Guardians of the Galaxy would fit in this because you know he's that used to a gun writing for them. Mm-hmm. Apparently he wrote all their sections in Infinity War. I quite believe that. Yeah, um, I can believe which that. Which is pretty cool. Because, right, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, is that all that's news? all the news. So, I mean, like, so, uh, the, only... the only other thing that I saw, which is maybe newsworthy, is uh, Lupita Nyong'o has been attached to oh, the killer. remake of The Killer, uh, a film originally by John Woo, and now slated to be to have a remake directed by John Woo. So, I'm oh, wow. quite, what I'm was the quite... last thing John Woo made? Oh, it wasn't Red Cliff. It was. Um... Was it him that did that? I thought it was Takeshi Meek. No, Red Cliff's John Woo. Okay. If you want to own it, I'll get it. It's dead good. The last John Woo movie I remember seeing was Wind Talkers, and that wasn't good. Oh, Red Cliff was after Wind Talkers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. He went, he went back to China to make films there. Why did they, they just wrote John Cliff? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't saying that. John Wick. What was his last. American produced movie was it Wind Talkers? I think that would have been Wind Talkers. Yeah. When was that? Oh, early two thousands. Right. The last thing he did was a film called Manhunt in twenty seventeen. Chinese movie. It's all Chinese. Oh, no, is it Redcliffe too? Red two? Redcliffe two. Is it Cliffhanger? Cliff Harder? <laughs> Are you guys looking forward to this then? Like. Yeah, uh, no, I'll watch the shit out of Remake of the Killer. I, I love it. Uh, but I don't think it's... I don't hold it in enough regard to say you can't remake it. <coughs> uh, enough time has passed. I mean, like, was it uh, like special effects heavy kind of movie in the first place? Does it need a remake? Is it? 
I've never not, seen not it. A special, not really a special effects movie. It's a film about assassins. Yeah, so like, why bother remaking it then? Why does this need a remake if it's not like, you know, why, why, taking why advantage? Did bo- why did they bother remaking Scarface? The Alpine Scarface isn't the original Paco. I know. Like a... so why, why do they bother remaking anything? To make money in it. Yeah. See, see, the thing is, though, right? That's like Howard Hawks' Scarface and uh, Brian De Palma's Scarface are very chalk and cheese. Um, it's like a, a, like the, the story, the whole, you know, a rise to power and a fall from grace is there, but they're very different movies. Um, yeah. And obviously, like, the Howard Hawks one was, like, fucking way, way back in, like, the 40s and the 50s. And... Just like, like, and Brian De Palma's is like the sun-drenched uh, beaches of eight, 1980s Miami, and it just, you know... It just seems like if you're going to remake a film, then I could see the kind of point in doing it if, like, the technology wasn't there when you made it the first time in order to kind of make the vision that you wanted or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, like, uh, in the case of somebody like uh, Robert Rodriguez, who made... El Mariachi, and then like made Desperado, which was essentially just El Mariachi again, mm. but like he made it because he had a budget the second time around. Mm-hmm. Like I, I could see the point in that, but like this, I mean, I'm guessing the killer wasn't like John Woo's first film or even like a really mega early film. I think was it not? Yeah, um, I thought it was before Hard Boiled. It's before Hard Boiled, but it's only a couple of maybe couple two three movies before that. But it's I mean, early eighties. Is it Chow Yun Fat? Yeah. yeah, if it's not like mega technology intensive or like CGI fueled or whatever, like, and it, it wasn't like I had a shit budget the first time around. What's the point? Like, I I, I don't know. No, I you're mean, remaking. You're it's it's what Hollywood has always done. It's remade foreign films for an American audience. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. There was talk of a remake of Hard Boiled a few. Weeks, sorry, weeks, a few years ago. Look at mm-hmm. the fact that what a remake. I mean, that was a live action one, but they want to remake Akira. I mean, do you need to make remake Akira? Did you need to remake Ghost no, of the Shell? Definitely not. Uh, but again, that was like that was an anime, and they remade it in live action. I could see the the point in that because there's a a difference there. Mm. But like, I mean, this killer is it even going to be like a, a massive money maker? Do you know what I mean? It I sounds mean, like I someone will be like a who knows. I don't know. Like again, like Neil said, like you've got a, you've got a bankable action director, you know, from the director of Face Off and Mission Impossible Two, and maybe even they might say the original Killer or Hard Boiled. Then you've got, well, you, we don't know. We've only got one confirmed star, but I wouldn't be surprised if you get a couple more. If do you say it's about several assassins, Neil? Uh, it's about the friendship between two assassins, uh, two rival assassins, and a blind woman. Okay. It's like a kind of whole love triangle thing. Okay. Is the blind woman also an assassin? No, but the assassin, one of the assassins, the Chow Yun Fat one, has been the one to blind her. Uh-huh. And oh, she was man. in it, an, an innocent bystander. Do you know what? Like, again, a remake I'd not, I will watch it, but I'm not interested in is the Ronda Rousey remake of Roadhouse. Like, I'm not really interested in it, but I'll watch it. But just for talking, just we're talking about. <laughs> Blind, see, I'd watch a remake of Blind Fury. Remember that film with Rooker Howard as a Vietnam vet? It really wasn't like, yeah, yeah, I'd watch the remake of that. If you want to watch like a a good blind samurai movie, then you watch Zetoichi. It's as simple as that. Okay, okay, Neil's looks like he's kind of holding something back. No, I agree. Zetoichi is a great movie. 
Is Blind right. Fury a great movie, Neil? In the right kind of mood, yeah. That's Blind right. Fury is a great movie. That's the correct answer. What's Roger Howard's best film? Oh, fuck. Salute the Jugger. Uh, like, I mean... <laughs> that, is, that is not true. I don't like Blade Runner. It might be, but... Ying is Blade Runner? I, I mean... I'm sur- uh, yeah, I'm not surprised, actually. Blade Runner's up there. I kind of thought you would say The Hitcher. The Hitcher's fucking awesome, yeah, man. The Hitcher is a great movie. The remake of that was shite. Yes, the it was. Sean Bean. It's like, who cares? Oh, yeah, the yeah, the Hitcher's great. I mean, The Hitcher, I mean, he's... He's technically the main character in it, whereas he's yeah, not but, the main character in Blade Runner, but he's still as... He, he's technically not really the main character in The Hitcher either. I know, it's... it's Thomas C. Howell, Thomas the main Howell that's right. He's certainly the best thing in Blade Runner. Uh, uh, maybe. Like, do you mean anyway, in terms of the characters? Just, like, he's responsible for, like, the one scene that I think is truly brilliant in that film, which is, like, the, the one everyone knows where, like, he well, recites the... Mm-hmm. The kind of monologue bit about yeah. tears in the rain. Yeah, well, that's your opinion of how that's the <laughs> only good scene in that film. I didn't say it was the only wrong. Did I say it was the only good scene? You said something like that. I said it was the best scene. Right. Okay. I. So that's... anyway. Yeah. Um, the oh, man that's, in... that, that's something else I watched this week. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, yep. I got the I got the, the man <clears throat> Blade Runner. I got the message. Played on twenty four nights of tits, man. I says, how many it's, times you watch it? I was like dead good. four or five, and I was like, that's right, man. I watched it that amount in the cinema. It's fucking well good. I still only watched it the one time. My like, god, I'll definitely watch it again. You are missing out, man. Uh, it's dead good. Uh, it's fucking well good, man. Right, so Ant Man and the Wasp got a trailer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's very fun. It's a a nice palate cleanser to. Uh, the how can the kind of grim seriousness of Infinity War at times. Uh, it's just looks like a very fun knockabout caper film, much like the first film, but only there's it's got more going for it. There's more like I mean the the, the opening. It seems cool. to it seems to be taking <laughs> what the the first one kind of laid out and expanding upon it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah. like kind of building on its lore as opposed to just kind of rehashing. You see a yeah. giant ant playing a drum kit. Yes, you do. Yeah. I, I I quite like like when Ant Man's like really fucking massive and he's trying to stop the car like right at the start. I was like, okay, but this is good. This is nice and playful. We kind of need this. I take it a uh, so in this trailer, Lawrence Fishburne is there. They're talking to him, and uh, the villain this time around is a woman. I don't know yeah. who she's supposed to be. Um, I can't remember. I'm guessing she will have be... some uh, insect based name. Uh. Uh, I'm not too sure. Um, Neil might be. But she she I'm seems sure. to be using the same kind of technology as Ant Man is. Uh, um, so like, but yeah, if, if Angie Lilly looks fucking badass as the Wasp, yeah, sure. um, everything like, like, Michael Peña is back like as the kind of comedy, you know, side friend of um, Paul Rudd's. So just from this trailer, uh, is Lawrence Fishburne going to end up being the villain? Oh, maybe. You don't really cast him. Is no, it just that's like not a... true. That's not true. Larry Fishburne gets a lot of roles where he's not the villain. He's just a, a wise sage. Yeah, and like the DC universe where he's like the fucking head of the Daily Planet. No, what about in Hannibal? Uh, he's a good guy in Hannibal. I don't remember him in Hannibal. Are you fucking kidding me? You don't remember the start of season two of Hannibal? Then it goes eighteen months earlier. Oh right, is he the? Is he uh, just going? But just going by who his character 
is um, on this cast list, he will not be the villain. Was so, he like gigantic or something? Was he? Uh, Goliath. Goliath, that's the one. Gigantic Goliath. Same, Same difference. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, and the villain's called Ghost. She's called what, sorry? Ghost. Ghost. Yeah. That will explain why she's like all white. Why she's intangible. Mm. Um, um, what I've seen of the cast list as well is that Michelle Pfeiffer's in it, so I'm guessing she's going to be uh, Van Dien Lilly's uh, uh, She'll be Jana Van Dien, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we all agree, like, uh, good-looking <coughs> trailer, uh, very fun. Yeah, yeah, looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, I like the first Ant-Man. I think it doesn't get talked about enough. Okay. Was there any it's, other always, it's always good to see the director of Bring It On doing well. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I can't believe that guy landed up that gig. Did he direct the first one? Yeah. yeah. Peyton Reed, is that right? Peyton Reed, yeah. yeah. on was alright. A fantastic movie. Mm. Any other trailers? Um, I didn't see any. I'm trying to think, uh, the no, just Deadpool, but we've talked about that. Um, I, that newest Deadpool one though was pretty fucking good with the. See, I didn't, I didn't like the first Deadpool two trailer because mm-hmm. right. it just seemed very bitty. But this one gives you more of an idea of what the actual story is. Yeah. More comedy I, in this I one. Enjoyed that a bit more. So. The uh, the guy that shows up that doesn't have any powers, like for some reason, really tickled me. Yeah, it's uh, like what's his name? It's like Paul or Pete. Yeah, and it it's just Pete, Peter. And then it cuts to him as part of the X Force, and he's like strapped, strapped to, a fucking, to yeah, strapped to the chute, chucked out a plane. Yeah, looking like really fucking bewildered. <laughs> I'm kind of assuming he's going to be their version of Hydra Bob. Hydra Bob's like a, an ex Hydra agent who is really rubbish at his job, who goes on missions with Deadpool. Okay. And I'm assuming they're going. This is kind of their version of that. Right. It okay. could be, could be really fun. Yeah, like I, I, yeah, I thought it looked alright. Yeah, this trailer, the latest trailer, I thought was much better. Um, Though, like, I bet the the whole conflict between Deadpool and Cable gets sorted out way earlier than they than they. I, I are don't know. Out. Yeah, I think like, it will. Yeah. Okay. I think it'll be like the first act, and then like the real villain will come into it at some mm-hmm. point. Like, um, I'd be very surprised if like they are not friends by the end of that movie. Um. The new soul as the new soul the solo trailer still there. It still yeah. looks it's there. I still have interest in seeing it. Of course, it's just that way that see, like Alden Einreich, I don't think he is convincing at all on in this trailer. Like charisma wise, yeah. uh, how much of that though is because you know that you had to get coaching lessons and stuff, acting coaching well, lessons? It's that way. Like, I mean, for me, he's got the best scene in the Hail Caesar, and I just thought that he. But it turns out it wasn't acting. Oh man, imagine! <laughs> but I don't know. It was just like <coughs> I thought he was really. I thought he appeared in that film quite confident. Uh, in this, I guess I'm just like. I don't know. I'm 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 skeptical, but I will still watch it. Uh, I thought Donald Glover was great as Lando. Um, yeah. yeah, he seemed quite good as Lando. Yeah, uh, Woody Harrelson yeah. is doing what Woody Harrelson does. Um, well, get high and talk nonsense. Well, he's he might be doing that, but he's also a thief in this one. So there you go. Um, but yeah, that's the only trailers I can remember. So <clears throat> will we will we get to it then? Well, do you want to tell us about a Batman Ninja? Oh, of was course. It? Yeah, I can tell you about Batman Ninja. That's 90 minutes of my life. I'm never getting back. Was it that bad? 
Uh, <clears throat> right, Batman Ninja is uh, it's one of the two latest DC animated universe movies. Um, the other one being a, a sequel to the Suicide Squad one that they brought out recently. Uh, in it, Gorilla Grodd has created a time machine. And this isn't spoiling anything because this happened in like the first five minutes. He creates a time machine, opens a time portal, uh, transports everyone in that, transports Arkham Asylum, all the Bat family <clears throat> who just happened to be there on the island to stop Gorilla Grud. All these villains <laughs> transport them in this time bubble. <laughs> And then Batman sees the time bubble from a distance, drives his motor up into this time bubble, which is warping reality as he as he runs up buildings and down buildings and so like premise aside though, right? That sounds transported to feudal Japan. (laughs) Why it goes from (laughs) Gotham City to feudal Japan. Because that's the whole conceit of the movie. Guess. That was like the, the whole thing was about this art style from the get go. And like that's yeah, the thing but, that interested me definitely was uh, yeah, seeing that the I'll, Joker let, being done like an Oni and stuff like that. Right. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Um, that one. I mean, so, so because Batman entered the time loop two seconds later than everybody else, he arrives in Japan two years later than everybody else. Fuck off. So, that's so, that when he, so when he arrives, he gets attacked by these guys in Joker's masks, knocks her pans in, bumps into his cat woman who just happens to be around the corner from where he land, he appears out of thin air. None of the locals are terrified by this fact by the fact that this guy has just appeared out of thin air, by the way. They just take it on the chin and move on. Um so Catwoman reveals that. In the two years that all the villains have been there, they have managed to amass enough power each to take over the different prefectures of of, uh, of Japan and they've started a war with each other uh, to see who can become the Shogun, with the Joker being the head guy at the moment. That sounds all right. Yeah, but it's <clears throat> not. It's not. It become it just becomes so stupid, and so it just becomes like really bad anime. Uh, okay. Uh, in terms of the way it does its storytelling. So like the action isn't even good, or no, the action isn't really good. Isn't good because it's. I don't know if it's because being a Batman fan, I have expectations of how you should be doing Batman. Or whether it's just it just didn't appeal to me because of certain certain ways they did things. Okay. Right. Okay. I'm just. Um, if nobody wants to hear spoilers for Batman Ninja, go away. Uh, so there's mechs in feudal Japan. Okay. Be- because the Joker has introduced uh, the industrial revolution. Like years before it should ever been reduced, introduced. So in two years, all of these fucking mental Arkham villains have created these giant fucking mechs to fight each other. I mean, this is all sounding great. 
<laughs> and they're supposed to fight each other because they think they've killed the Joker. And they think they've killed Batman. So they go and have this war to see which one will become Shogun. They fight each other. <clears throat> Batman shows up. Joker shows up in his own mech, which he has somehow managed to now build, even though he's supposed to have been dead for six months. And they all then turn on Batman because the Joker mind controls everybody else and gets all their mechs to join to become one giant mech. Yeah, that sounds legit. That sounds like a uh, anime. <laughs> yeah, it's very anime, but it's also very boring. Okay. It made no, it made, I don't want to say it made no sense because it's anime. Nothing quite often makes sense in anime. But because it's a Batman story, you want it has to have some degree of grounding. Yeah. Did you? Um, I don't know about that, man. Like Batman is notoriously full of bullshit. Like, um, no, but uh, Humpty yeah. Dumpty is a character. Right, no, Batman. no. Characters aside, story structure-wise, I know what Neil's saying. Uh, did you have? Have you seen Gotham by Gaslight yet? Yes, I didn't particularly like that either because I love the source material. Um, yeah, and Gotham by Gaslight is also <clears throat> a complete bastardization of uh, Gotham by Gaslight and its sequel, Master of Tomorrow. Yeah, which man. Master of Tomorrow is nowhere near as good. Well, I mean, I watched that uh, a while back, and I was the same. I was like, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's set in Victorian times, and it's this, and then it's, there's Jack the Ripper. And then when it reveals who he is, I was like, no, I don't buy that for a second. There's no fucking way that would happen. It, it, kind of, it works in the comics because they establish their relationship. Right. Because, early doors in the comic. Right, because see, in the, in the film, <clears throat> it's very kind of fucking, he could do all this, like Jack the Ripper, yeah. he can do all this crazy, super strong and all that shit. And when it's revealed who he is, I'm like, no, no, <laughs> this doesn't work. I, I don't buy this. Not only that, Batman looks daft as fuck. Like, see his cowl. I'm like, look at the... F you can fucking see it's Bruce Wayne. It's like so... Look at the fucking size yeah. of his eye holes, man, and shit. That's Bruce fucking Wayne. In the in the comics for Gotham by Gaslight, I remember that looking pretty good, though. Yeah, well, in the... Yeah, like, he had, like, the, goggles, did he? Like, Quartman's goggles? Yeah, it's, <clears> the, the costume works so much better in, in the actual comic. The, the actual comic just is... It's, it's one of the best Elseworlds Batman stories that there are. Mm. Well, and it's just, it didn't get translated very well. I think um, we were watching, me and Pac were watching like a clip show or a YouTube video or something like that, and it just came up with a, a wee a clip of Return of the Joker, and I was like, man, I fucking love that anime. It's like that animated movie, and I was like, I need to watch it. That's a good animated movie. Yeah. yeah. I think it's maybe the only interest I have of Batman of, Batman of the Future, or Batman Beyond? Batman Beyond is quite good. It's like a, the Justice League cartoon series has uh, one of its last one of the one season has for its last episode. Uh, it's a Batman Beyond episode, and it's about and it's all about Bruce Wayne in the future, mm -hmm. uh, and how the guy who is Batman Beyond is actually his son. Right. But uh, that's never something that never comes up. Aye. In the series, because it's, uh, it's, it's Terry O'Quinn. That's Batman. Terry O'Quinn. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember, like, watching uh, Return of the Joker was just a really good, 
it was a really good bridge of the old <clears throat> and the new, and it was just a nice callback. And the way it talks about how the Joker's returned, I just I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really cool the way they did that. Yeah. Oh, guess who was the Joker? Like, I watched the English dub version of this film. Oh, I heard guess that's who, bad. Guess who played the Joker? Oh, I'm not Mark Hamill. Um, nope. Uh, who, who voiced him in Arkham? Not Mark Hamill, um, John. No, what's nope. his name? Nope. Okay. Here we are. Right. Who? Who? Tony Hale. Who? Buster Bluth from Arrested Development. Oh, what? Okay. He was fucking dog shit. Shit, man. And t- to be fair, the animate the way they animate the Joker, they just make him a complete buffoon in this. Mm. He he dances around like like an anime character that's really happy. I wonder you know that? how much of this would have kind of seemed more enjoyable if it was a Japanese dub you were listening to? I, I asked that question of myself earlier. It would probably be a bit more fitting, but I still don't think I would have enjoyed it. Okay, fair mm. enough. Oh, well. Was there anything redeeming about it? Any any good points? Oh, the art style was really good. Yeah. I really liked, well, the art, there's a, a lot of scenes <clears> which <throat> has really good art and kind of art style that leaned on kind of classical Japanese painting. That was really good. But the animation at times is really choppy right. and it kind of ruined it in places. But overall, that the actual kind of look of the thing was good. Uh, again, I think that was it. I mean, yesterday I went to City World because they had a screen classic, so it was just a total last minute thing and they showed a Clockwork Orange, which I thoroughly enjoyed again. Did that get much of a crowd? Yeah, sold out. Sold out. Um, had had I not decided to go twenty minutes before the show, I would have maybe gave you a shout. But the seats, the seats were like not together. That's how it was sold. No, that's all right. It was sold out, man. But yeah, I. Uh, I, I was in my bed early last night, anyway. No, no. Uh, but again, um, Clockwork Orange really is for me. It's like it's up there with a Grave of the Fireflies and Requiem for the Dreamers. Um, one of those movies that I really enjoyed, but just. Never want to see ever again. I don't think it's as grim as I, the Fireflies. I think it's overhyped, to be yeah, honest. I really fucking enjoyed it, man. I, f- I hadn't seen it in a long time. Um, and I was like, oh, well, do you know what? Yeah, why not? I'll, I'll go check it out. And then I was like, shit, it's sold out. And then, um, yeah, just sat from beginning, beginning to end. I was like, I loved everything about it. I thought it was great. <clears throat> um, but yeah, there's not really much else to say. You know, Clockwork Orange has been around for X amount of years. Check out if you've not seen it or you're a Kubrick fan. Um, um, it's I quite think... shocking, and it's uh, like Paco said, it's not really a good time. There's not really a good mood to be in to watch it. You just kind of have to go through it and see how you like it. I think, like we also mentioned, uh, the Netflix series "A Lost in Space" in the last episode. Uh, like, <laughs> we'd watched a couple episodes of it at that point, and it I, seemed, I went, it seemed I went promising. To, I went to my mum and dad's for dinner on Sunday, and. Uh, <coughs> My dad was like, he'd like 15 minutes of the last episode to watch. Uh, so I've seen the last 15 ep- minutes of that show. And your... I, do not, I do not want to watch any more of it. What was your dad's uh, thoughts on the, the series as a whole? My dad's very easygoing. There's a good chance he's probably slept through a lot of it. <laughs> um, he said it was all right. Because, like, I mean, 
as seems to be well established uh, on this show, like Tommy will have a dig at me for liking Star Trek Voyager because he sees it as being shit. Uh, and like he seems to think. I, about, like, I that. hope you um, gave your best regards to Janeway on her birthday this week. Oh, was yeah, it? Right. Was it Katie Mulgrew's birthday? I did not. I. What, what can you do? Uh, but anyway, like uh, you know, I, I've maybe got like a higher tolerance for shitty sci-fi than a lot of people. But uh, you do. I got to like halfway through the sixth episode of this, and actually just fucking turned it off. And decided that was me done with it. Like I, it just got progressively worse as time went on. The character of Doctor Smith is just so completely fucking rubbish and trite that I, it just ruined any potential goodness of the rest of the the show. Do you not have a soft spot for Parker Posey? Though? I quite like Parker Posey. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind. Strangely attractive. I don't mind that actress. <laughs> I just think that the character. Also, is I also enjoy her work. Because, <laughs> like, I, I just, I'm really sick of these kind of uh, two-faced characters in TV shows that seem to be, like, a recurring trend ever since Battlestar Galactica had Gaius Baldur. Like, it's that sort of thing where, like, to everybody fair, man, holds them up in high regard, but yeah. they're doing bullshit behind the scenes. and like, uh, Well, to be fair, man, like, you say you're sick of it, but it's been around since whatever. I mean, Jesus Christ, watch, a, watch, watch an episode of Dynasty or Dallas. All folk did was fuck each other over on those shows. Yeah, but it's a really specific type of thing, though. It's just, I don't know, I just, I really don't like that type of character, and I'm just done seeing it. And they, it really did, like all the other characters as well, like, I just got progressively more bullshit as time went on, and mm. I don't know. It wasn't great, but I'm so not. Lots of things like, there was like an episode where, it's like, the, the whole thing is just a series of unfortunate events. It's like, everything that could go wrong does go wrong. Uh, across the, the kind of board, but like there's an episode of it where, for some fucking reason, uh, there are eels who have evolved to eat the fuel that are in the Jupiter ships. Uh, but these eels don't have like any appendages and shit. They're just eels. Yet somehow they manage to make their way onto every single ship that's on the planet. And it's like, how the fuck does that work when they're not underwater? Like space, uh, space eels. It just it doesn't make any sense. And then like all the characters are really fucking dumb as well, man. They come up with shit like one of the uh, biologists mentions about how like from looking at the the trees and the life on the planet, they can see that every year not like every couple of thousand or million years, every year there's like a global wide event that wipes out all life on the planet and it goes back to like what it what it's been at. So it's like all these things are evolving in the space of one year that are like proper fucking mammals and trees that would take hundreds of years to fucking grow and, and it's just really fucking shit. It's just like thing after thing like that where it's just fucking rubbish. Oh well, there you go. So The bit that turned me off was there's a fight in an airlock uh, where the mother Robinson... That woman that plays is a Jackie Sharp in House of Cards. Yeah. That woman who only ever, ever seems to work in Netflix shows. Um, she's defeating this robot and knocks out the airlock, but the robot then tears the airlock open, yet nothing is dispersed into the vacuum of space. Okay. But they show no sign of there being anything to kind of stop that from happening. It's weird. Well, yeah. 
I'm not going to like, watch the rest of it. It felt like bad science and that put me off. Well, it was, you know, like, even just little things, like there's a bit where the mother Robinson, like, uh, has to, like, go up in, like, a gigantic weather balloon because she needs to, like, see something that's above the, the kind of planet's atmosphere. And uh, the the kind of time they choose to do this, and, like, I realise it is just, like, a an artistic choice that they fucked up for it. But, like, there's a big pillar of light that the colonists are making and she's, like, moved a distance away from that. But, like, when she goes up in the air, the pillar of light that you can see from space is, like, at least four or 5,000 miles away. Uh, you know, it's like, it'd be the equivalent of, like, you going up in a hot air balloon here and seeing a beam of light from fucking America or something. It's, it's right. so daft, man. It's like, just, there's so well, many the little things being, like that. The Earth being flat, I'm sure yeah. we could make that happen. Well, they're, they're not on Earth, so... Uh, <laughs> It? Yeah, it's just like loads of little things. It's like you made a fucking science fiction show and you don't seem to have a fucking clue, like which is more dis- like disappointing because like that first episode showed promise. Mm. You know, like they they all seem quite resourceful, and then it just totally downward spiraled from there. Yeah, uh, that's that's all I've got to say about Lost in Space. Probably the last time we'll ever bring it up. Okay, well that moves us swiftly on to Marvels. Avengers Infinity War. Um, see, before we start this conversation, okay. I may find this hard to not talk about spoilers because okay. there's a lot to unpack. Wait, can we do our best to talk about it non-spoiling? Yeah. And then like, we'll get to a point and then from that point on we'll say that there are spoilers. Okay, that's okay. fine. Right, we'll try our best here, folks. You know, <coughs> Thanos demands your silence and such. Um, but yeah, so ten years in the making. So that bit when Captain uh, America dies. Huh. Is, it, <laughs> um, is it seventeen films? This yes. was the, was it either seventeen or nineteen? I right. think I think this was the nineteenth. Right. right. Okay. So all the way like I mean, all the way back to Avengers Assemble, we've got our first glimpse of uh, Thanos and uh, the whole plot thread of the Infinity Stones. And this is the culmination of all that. And so I think we were all kind of nervous because, you know, we've all we've all seen the Marvel Cinematic Universe since the beginning, since RDJ first uh, became Iron Man. And there was a lot riding on it. And... I have to say, uh, I wasn't disappointed. I thought it was thrilling. I thought it it was a proper epic in terms of just the way it looked. Given the amount of characters you're having to juggle, um, I thought all the plot threads worked well enough together. And uh, I also like the fact that the key to this film is it's Thanos' movie. Yeah, it wasn't just yeah. Thanos is the villain. It's like you got plenty of character work from him. I thought Josh Brolin was really good as him. I thought he looked great as Thanos. Like the, the whole character design of Thanos looked great, and for uh, for being a CGI villain, yeah, yeah, it that had he had so much presence. Yes, like he that he, he kind of forgot about that. He yeah. did still look kind of shitty sometimes, though. Like the CGI wasn't quite up to snuff like all the time but like for the most part it was mm. it was good enough to, yeah. to kind of move the, mo- the mm-hmm. movie yeah. forward and again 
uh, one thing I, I, I just again I've got so much respect for the Russo brothers uh, they've came such a long way <clears throat> um, I mean don't get me wrong um, I mean Winter Soldier is still like fucking incredible but in terms of this this is just up their game in terms of uh, what they're capable of as filmmakers um, like I thought the way the film just kind of starts it just goes straight into the guts of it it doesn't pussyfoot about and you get a really fucking it, it hits the hits the ground running, and I thought that was excellent. I was like, <clears> right, <throat> we're, we're fucking straight into this now with this really pivotal scene, um, where you're led to believe certain things happen and certain things do happen. But as I said, we can't really talk too much about it because we don't want to spoil it. Um, I don't know, man. I just I thought some of the characters really shone well in this uh, in terms of. Uh, I thought Doctor Strange was badass in this, um, given I thought they, they took what ascent, what they they took like from what they, his own film and just made him look cooler in every sense of the word. Like he, the way they utilized his powers, I thought Thor was probably MVP in this in terms of how cool he was. It just everything just seemed to get amped up, and a lot of the action scenes. I didn't find them repetitive. I I was at no point was I bored thinking. I wonder what these guys are up to because this scene's not very thrilling. I I just, it was the quickest three hours I, I've ever spent yeah. in a cinema. Yeah, like when it ended, it did not feel like you'd spent that much time in there. No, and I at no point were you bored. I know a lot of folk who are fans of certain Marvel characters maybe think they didn't get their due. I know a lot of folk who weren't happy that it felt like maybe Cap America only played a kind of side note. But I thought every character kind of played that, the piece of the puzzle they should have. That is one of my kind of gripes about it. Like, I, I, it's not a negative thing because, like, there is so much going on in that film that it's understandable that they couldn't fit, like, you know, they couldn't give Captain America a more prominent role in it. Mm. Like, he does do enough. Like, he's there and, like, mm. you know, he, he looks so sullen in every scene that he's in that uh, you, you do just kind of, I don't know. It's like I have to remember. I have to remember. This was originally a part one, and in a sense, it is still technically yeah. a part one yeah, of absolutely. two. And that, to me, kind of negates all of the. Oh, this person maybe never got enough of a bigger role yeah. because their role is still, still to come. come. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Neil. And well, again, within, without, within the context of the story. Yeah, without saying too much. There's certain things that happen in this film where it, it frees up a lot of time for maybe the folk that folk may have said didn't have a bigger part in this one. It, it frees up their time for chapter two. Yeah, but I mean, like, like since pretty much the first Avengers movie, like uh, Captain America has been maybe my favorite one out of a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So, like, especially like being that his films have been the best ones as well. Like outside mm. of the Avengers kind of group movies, yeah, that's true. Uh, so like to have him in this and be in a, a, a bit more of a diminished role in this movie is like a, a wee bit of a, a disappointment. But like not, I wouldn't hold it against the film. There is just so much going on. So like they, they do a good job. But like there are there are like so many characters, but like they make it all manageable because like they essentially split this film up into three different storylines, and they yeah. kind of move between them all at like a really just understandable pace yeah you know like they're, they're, you never you never spend too much time with one character that you kind of wish you were seeing what the other characters were doing at any point like it, no, it's all measured out pretty well that way and like mm-hmm. all the three different uh, kind of subplots are all entertaining in their own right as well 
Like this could have been like three separate hour long movies, uh, just you know, with each one of those kind of story beats, and it would still have worked. Yeah, I mean, like they talk about, like if you're going to make a big, not so much a big action film, but just kind of any action film anyway. Like a key thing is to have three plot threads. Any more, your audience is either going to get bored or they're going to find it hard to keep up. Uh, case in point of that was, um, fan, I mean, Phantom is a boring film anyway, but even Lucas knew during the edit that he had too many plot points. He had four plot threads, had four and a half plot threads going, and that's can be yeah. too much for an audience to digest. With Infinity War, it had, it had those three, but at the same time, it almost within them, they had like wee subplots as well, and you're just like, yeah, but I'm, I'm still so fucking entertained because I'm now seeing this character and how they're working their way into this yeah. big puzzle. Watching them all kind of interact with each other as well was really satisfying. Like the the one thing that kind of really sets the Marvel movies apart from like the the competition, which you know, I mean, fair enough. There's yeah. like a lot of things, but it's like a all all the times where you get to see the the heroes kind of working in unison, yeah. like stuff where like you know Bucky will take Cap's shield and do stuff with it or whatever. Yeah. Like in this one, there's like a lot of sequences where. Doctor Strange's powers kind of really interact with everyone else's powers yeah. in total complementary ways. Yeah. Um, as Neil and kind of Tommy both said as well, like Thanos ends up being quite a sympathetic villain as well. Like uh, at the start of the movie, his motivations were not clear, and I really didn't like that. Like uh, mm. just you hear, even from the trailers, you hear him kind of people saying, ever since they knew him, he just wanted half the universe dead. It's like, well, fucking why? And then you've, there's, there's like a point in the movie where they kind of do highlight it and it's not like the most original of plots but like it's enough to kind of give you you know like the, the motivations it's, it's, it's serviceable enough motivations yeah. to push it forward <clears throat> no. Absolutely yeah. I, I would say that the, the biggest downfall of the film though are the villains other than Th- Thanos like you've got like the children of Thanos or like the black I, I that were called. That. The, like, the black order yeah. are not they are, they are enough. all pretty fucking disposable. Like, they don't even seem that big a threat. Like, I, we'll get into it more with the, the kind of spoiler talk, but there's, like, a, specific scenes, like, in the, the third act of the film, where they just make these people who are supposed to be, like, Thanos' champions seem like just regular thugs. Yeah. Um, that is the weakest bit about it. Mm. But, like, other than that, the, the movie was... Highly entertaining. It was well paced. There was a lot of really good action sequences. It was, you know, the the writing was never going to like win awards or anything, but like it wasn't. It works for the film. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's it's a good. It's one of the better Marvel movies. Mm. Like it sits above like most of them. It's not the best though. I no. still think that a uh, Winter Soldier and Thor Ragnarok are better. Okay, uh, but like this is possibly. The third one down for me. Like I don't think there's many more. Again, I think I just come back <clears> to the <throat> scale of it. I mean, it's the first time I've. It's one of the, it's one of the only times where I can describe a, a comic, essentially a comic book movie, as a sweeping epic. Just that how fucking the, the yeah. scale of the thing was just massive, and it was ambitious, and it would and it worked. See, like part of me wishes though that this is, you know, the kind of scale it was at for Civil War. Like, can you imagine if, like, they'd spent, like, if they just kind of kept Civil War back until Phase 4 or whatever, so, like, so many of these characters had established that they can they can actually have, like, a proper, you know, a proper war between, like, all of them rather than 12 people in an airport? Like... I can understand why you would want that. 
but I think for the characters that they have just now, um, you still wouldn't get the civil war that you want yeah. because any civil war wouldn't involve guardians. Yeah, I know. It just seems like I was worried definitely after Civil War that this was not going to live up to the the kind of the scale that it promises, but it absolutely does. Mm. Uh, it really does. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, I would also say again, like trying to be spoiler free, the ending for me didn't have that much impact uh, because of real life considerations like uh, real yeah. world considerations yeah it's a shame that that ending like a uh, didn't quite land as hard as it could have done i think just because of the choice uh i, I mean we're, we're beating about the bush with it like have you got anything else to say a uh, spoiler free wise about this no no most of my chat will be spoiler <laughs> yeah so uh, that's that's it for the spoiler free section uh, from this point on we are going to spoil the shit out of this movie because it is incredibly difficult to talk about it without spoiling stuff because in almost every scene, something big happens. Mm. Uh, uh, the, sorry, the only thing I would add that's uh, spoiler-free, um, <clears throat> and it's just because it was an Easter egg I've seen that it made me chuckle, um, as we talked about, like, um, well, so i never seen it, but it was pointed about being a, a clip show. Um, as we said, like the Russo brothers, who uh, directed several episodes of Arrest Development, um, a cool Easter egg they have in this film is when they're at the collector's, um, well, not lair, his shop, if you will, look out for a particular blue uh, collectible in the shape of a bald man with uh, a moustache, because uh, that is Tobias Fuque. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was a really fucking cool Easter egg. That is pretty uh, cool. And I will be looking after it the second time I see it. Anyway, from now on, spoilers. Neil, take it away. Right, this film sets its stall out right from the fucking start. Yeah. That is is where this film's strengths really lie and that it gets you right <clears throat> into the story. It kicks you in the teeth from the very start. Yeah. Like a like, fan like killing off a fan favourite in the in Loki. At the yeah. very fucking beginning of the movie is quite out quite a way like, to it, say that like kill, killing off a Elba. Fair enough, it's Idris yeah, Elba. But... He's a side character. But then to kill Loki in a very definitive way. Yeah. Okay, it's comics, he can come back. But what seems like a very definitive way yeah. and, and to have Thanos make the Hulk look weak as shit. Yeah. Right from right within like the first twenty minutes. Really sets out the stall that this guy is not to be fucked with, yeah. and that carries the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, again, sorry, man. I was gonna say like the one of the opening shots you see where you know it is Thanos, but you don't quite see him is the fact that it's going through the bodies because it's not just it's like it's the rest it's the last of Asgard that he's fucked up. And you're yeah. like, man, he's commit genocide <laughs> within the first five minutes of this yeah. fucking movie. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, carry on, Paco. Uh, so yeah, like the what was I even gonna say before the spoiler? But yeah, like the ending of the film. Like, sorry to jump right to it, but like it no, is possibly sorry. the biggest thing about it. But like, as soon as you see Black Panther and Spider Man and uh, Peter Quill like vanish into thin air because like 
obviously if you're listening to this you don't care about spoilers or you've already seen the film, Thanos gets all the fucking stones and clicks his fingers and makes half of the people in the universe disappear. But like, watching those, like when it's just Bucky and uh, Sam Wilson and stuff like that that are disappearing, like all the total B-grade characters, like Vision gets his fucking forehead ripped off and then like Scarlet Witch uh, dissolves, all those ones are like... They, they could have died in a way that is impactful and you're like, they're not going to be brought back just for the sake of a franchise, right? Yeah. But like as soon as the heavy hitter, the ones that bring in all the money start leaving, that was like, that scene then no longer had any weight to it in my eyes because like we know that it's all just going to get undone in the next movie. But how much of it is going to get undone? Yeah, that's the question. Is I, the question. I'm thinking, like, also, like, everybody was expecting either Captain America, Thor, or Tony Stark, or any combination of the three of them to die in these movies. And they're all still alive at the end of it. So um, it's like, you had your chance to take out the well, really fucking big ones, see, and they didn't take it. Like, uh, this film... No, I think taking <clears> out <throat> the big ones is better served <clears throat> the second part. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, like... The way I see it possibly going down is a uh, they're they're going to bring back everybody who was like just dissolved from the actual kind of gauntlets, click of the finger stuff. Yeah. they'll probably come back. But people like Gamora who got thrown off the fucking mountain, and a uh, mm. Loki who got like strangled and shit like that, and like even Vision who got like the, his forehead ripped off. Mm. I I would imagine those ones probably well, stay dead. You'd like to hope so because they were dead pre finger click. Yeah. So it's yeah. like. You know, that's it. But, like, know. all the other ones get brought back, which is still, like, why why take them away? Or Like, I, I think, like, even... I would just wish Marvel had the fucking balls to stick with us. Like, I, I said, when we were talking about it in the, the pub after watching the film, like, for me, the best thing that could happen at the start of the next movie, like, the start of the next Infinity War movie, is it starts off with the time stone just being destroyed. So that it's like everything that fucking did go wrong stays wrong, and uh, now you've just got to fucking deal with it. Because like, yeah, they're they're never gonna like uh, get rid of Spider Man, but at the same time, Tom Holland is great at it. But you've got backups there, like uh, Miles Morales has never been in a Spider Man movie. There's still the potential for him to be a Spider Man in a Spider Man movie. Like Black Panther dies, sure. But like in the comics, his sister becomes Black Panther, and she's still alive in this movie. Uh, the the only one that kind of really doesn't kind of work too well with this is like the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise because like Rocket and Nebula are the only two left alive out of all of them. Uh, but like it'd be really good to to see them just fucking stick to their guns with this shit and like all the ones who died stay dead. What about Bucky? Even Bucky and Falcon, all of them just stay fucking dead. Then who takes over from Captain America when Captain America dies at the end of the second one? Exactly. I mean, who knows? Like, Falcon and Bucky both became Captain America in the comics. Who's mm-hmm. to say that somebody else can't do it now? Like, a, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. Paco's actually done his research. I mean, don't get this isn't For a change. Me. This isn't from reading <laughs> comics or whatever, though. This is just from watching YouTube videos about comics. Uh, so don't don't give me too much space. research. I know, I just seem to have Wikipedia, so... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, even, like, I mean, there's some stuff that I won't even say because, like, I'm pretty sure that you know, Neil, how the next movie is going to go from what happened in the comics and stuff. I There is a certain I, person left alive who is going to be significant. 
I have a feeling how it's going to go, and it's also how they're going to handle the two kind of major kind of with having so many people in the cast, how they're going to handle the stories. Uh, I have a kind of idea. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to share it? No, I don't think we should. But we're spoiling. No, we're we're spoiling this film, but like what we're talking about now is potentially what the next movie will happen. Okay. But again, this is this is my opinion as opposed to. Yeah, but like people aren't going to want to know what happens in the people, comics. Although people can read a comic. Yeah, but like if they don't want to, though, or watch a like, YouTube video. You know, I, I don't think. Like a video. I, I don't think we should talk about what happened, what could happen in the next one. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the the very last. The, sorry, the the post credit scene where you see Nick Fury and uh, Maria Hill um, are dissolving because of the, like, you know, because of the finger click. But before they dissolve, he sends a, he's got a pager and he sends a page to uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. That's not, not any kind of page or some kind of a space pager. Well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, we're, we're going to be treated to uh, Nick Fury with two eyes and big fun hair uh, for Captain Marvel because it's set in the nineties. That's why I thought the pager was a, a reference to um, that's will he have two eyes? Because it because um, the picture I saw, he had like the wee dots going down, as if he's get this going to be some kind of digital effect. Well, maybe, man. I mean, it's funny because I, I this is just what I, I'd read, but in Winter Soldier, does he not talk about how Robert Redford's character is the one that caused him yeah. to get to lose his eye, which was in yeah Bolivia? No, not Bolivia, was, Bogota. Yeah, was it not in the seventies? Yeah, so yeah, it would make sense. So he won't, he wouldn't have two eyes. Yeah, there you Fair go. Uh, what do you guys think of the Red Skull showing up in this? Uh, I, I really liked that. Yeah, I yeah. had no idea he was going to be in it. Yeah, that okay. was a oh, it's a big Red Skull for for <laughs> like what fucking nine years of like people kind of speculating about his return to see him there, even in that kind of. That passive role where like he's yeah. isolated from everything was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I enjoyed him being there. Yeah, really nice. It was, it was good to see him. I hope it's not the end of that. Like, uh, now that the Soul Stone isn't on that planet, like it kind of frees him up a bit, doesn't it? Like, I yeah. I mean, the, the character does seem. But then, how did he get back from that planet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but yeah, like um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I I I agree with you. My my kind of theory is like, <clears throat> yeah, Chris Evans has said his contract's up. Hemsworth said he's finished with acting. Um, this he's finished time, with acting. I think he's like, oh, I made enough money. I want to go be a dad. Want to be a dad, and you know, I've got enough money. It's fine. Just go be a dad in Australia, raise my kids, okay. which is fair enough. Um, RDJ, I mean, he's not getting any younger. He's been there since the beginning. You got to wonder when he's gonna, you know, call. It Apparently, the we are getting Iron Man four. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm sure that's on the slate. Well, um, I don't know. My, my kind of theory was like, I mean, the, the film talks about balance. There's a lot of themes of we should we balance the universe, and Thanos talks about that a lot. And with like, you know, half the universe gone, like, there's that balance. Part of me thinks that when, in order to get these characters back, in order to have, yeah, there, there will be still, I don't think they can just reverse the finger click. There's going to be. So, I mean, Doctor Strange says it when he hands over the time stone. That's oh, the only way. Like we're into the end game now, so yeah. he's already that, seen the possibility. I, I found that to be quite interesting, though, because like he gives over the time stone to save Tony's life specifically, which would indicate that 
Tony has like a massive part to play in the next. Definitely. I mean, um, again, bringing some of these. But characters. also, he's he's seen what was it? it was like a fourteen million come, fourteen million realities, yeah, yeah. and they've only won on one of them. Yeah. So he knows how to win. Yeah. Yeah. So as everything he does is based on that. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, which included saving like specifically Tony's life. Yeah. But so, also seeing his own death. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um. I um, but it's like that. That to me is a bit annoying. Sorry, Tom. No, I was just gonna say in terms of the balance thing. If we're gonna get characters back, the only other thing I can think of is in order to get some characters back, maybe <clears> the characters that are still there maybe have to have some kind of sacrifice in there. I mean, that I I mean with the Iron Man thing, like that really that scene where Spider Man is like, I don't want to go, Mister Stark, and all yeah. that, and it's like that kind of um, father son thing, like you know, because all the way through the film. Tony, or even just as far back as uh, Civil War, Tony has felt responsible for Spider-Man, and then to see him kind of fade away, you know, he's let him down kind of thing. And part of me thinks in order to get him back, there, there's going to be there's going to have to be a balance to taking folk back and then other folk not being there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how it's going to work. I, but that's I, the way I kind of see the whole. You know, Cap goes, Bucky stays, Iron Man goes, Spider-Man comes back, and say that. I don't know about Hemsworth. I mean, I don't know how that no, I mean, he, comes back. Yeah, I was going to say he's. Okay, we get that. We get Natalie Portman. <laughs> hey, no oh chance. God, no thanks. No, she'll just get money for showing her photograph again. Hey, yeah, hey, Jane Foster that... just just finished our four run in the comics. That was a. It was of... a great run. Speak... I would take a Jane Foster for. Speaking of like the Thor bits and stuff like that, that was one of the bits in the film that I found really distracting. Was the gigantic Peter Dinklage? Who, uh, just, I love that. I, I mean, like great. it was kind of cool and stuff, but like at the same time, like they gave him the most ridiculous wig, and there was so many shots where it just looked fucking stupid. Uh, like, yeah. uh, they also just played Terry and Lannister. Yeah, yeah like is much. that the only accent you can do? Yeah, mm. uh, I enjoyed that. I didn't see that coming at all. I thought it was really, really cool. I, I knew he was in it. I, I did. Yeah. I knew he was in it. I didn't know what he was yeah. going to be. I, I didn't know he was in it. Um, I, I thought it was a cool. I thought it was a cool way addition. Um, I thought all the interactions with like when the when you think Thor's dead and then he's in space and the guardians oh, pick him up, I th- all that so bits were like Chris Pratt and him were like duking it out because Zoe Saldana is like yeah. feeling his muscles put, and that. Yeah, when Pratt's putting on that voice. Ah, it's yeah. <laughs> Even all the bit where like uh, he talks about how like uh, his brother just died and then like he had to kill his sister. And all this, and then like, lost hey, an eye. then Peter Cole's like, yeah, well, I had to kill my own dad. Like, yeah, hey. he's like, I had to kill my own dad, and I came out there, I still got both eyes. And all that. He's <laughs> yeah, like, I, I came fuck. out of it with both eyes. <laughs> he like, a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, a lot of good stuff in there, but um, as you kind of mentioned in the, the kind of spoiler fee bit, like, the villains were weak as piss. Like, hey, yeah, I was he, really disappointed in that. Like, there was yeah. so much promise with them, and like, they were just so nothing. Like, Ebony Maw got, like, the, the most... Ebony Maw was the kind of guy who was torturing Doctor Strange. To be uh, to be fair, he's the one that deserves the most screen time out of all of them. Well, like, my understanding of it was supposed to be, like, the, the little kind of elf-looking bastard with the, the spear. He was supposed to be the leader. He barely even Corvus, fucking spoke. Corvus Clave. Yes. Like, he, he barely spoke in the entire thing. Yeah. And he... Uh, it was because but even then, like you know, that the other what's the woman called with the she chucks stuff? Proxima Midnight. Like yeah, like a uh, she gets her ass kicked by fucking a uh, Black Widow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like she I, she's not a superhero. That is just a person. Yeah. 
It's like, I, I don't know, they all just seem quite shitty. Like, uh, they seem like the, the big guy who they called him in this, like, fucking some cull. Oblivion cull or something. Cull Oblivion. Oh, cull Obsidian. Cull Obsidian. But, like, his actual name That's is Brown right. Dwarf. Um, uh, like, they, they just, you know, Bruce Banner just fucking treats him like he's a fucking goon. Like, uh, I quite liked, like, you were saying, Neil, about how Hulk is made to be, is made to, is made to feel like shit. Emasculated, if you will, and how he won't come out. Yeah. I thought that yeah. worked really well. Yeah, he seemed like he was afraid of Thanos. Like, yeah, that was really that was cool. cool. Uh, mm. I liked. Uh, I fucking loved that bit, and I, I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. Was when Cap turns up at Waverly Station. I was like, "Oh fucking <laughs> right, man, this is great." But did you spot the uh, "We will deep fry your kebab"? So yeah, I, could, yeah, I laughed so, at that. Yeah. So prominent as well. <laughs> I, all those bits were pretty cool. Like the the stuff between Scarlet Witch and Vision were was pretty decent. Like having that be such a massive driving force for a lot of the plot is like getting that fucking gem out of his head before all the shit starts, and then them not managing it was a was really satisfying. Like in a, I mean, was last year like this year? Was that last year? That was last year, right? Last year, last year. yeah, Christmas. Uh, but yeah, like in a kind of time where people just criticise that heavily for like everybody in it being a fuck up and nothing they do kind of panning out like a that's one of the things I actually liked about Last Jedi which generally I thought was a shit film but like this time around like I like how that's a continuing thing it's like things don't always work out the way you know the narrative would kind of expect them to go like well I mean look at look at the end of the film where like Thanos won like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was always going to happen, though. Like, I, that was a foregone conclusion. I, I don't know if it was that. a. I don't know if it was a always going to happen. I, I really enjoy. I really enjoyed the way they did it, though. Yeah. Like Thanos just he arrives on Earth, kicks kicks fuck at the Avengers, uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision, and think they've won. He reverses time. Nah, yeah. fuck it. Bush. And he gets a fucking he's, axe he's, to he's the chest. Stolen. That was great. Gets more. Yeah. Gets an axe to the chest, and then rewrites reality. Yeah. And then just goes goes up the road and has a sit down. Yeah, that was like, great, man. The other thing that I, I kind of like that they stuck to in this because like it always seemed ridiculous to me. Like I found out sometime last year or maybe a bit longer ago that a uh, Thanos is supposed to be from Titan, the Titan. moon of Saturn. That's mm-hmm. why he's called the Mad Titan. I was like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> There's supposed to be like some spacefaring, like, like other race in our solar system that we just didn't know about. But they fucking stick to it. Like, uh, that's I like that that they, they didn't shy away from it. Like, the character has been about for years and kind of change that. They they didn't really like a. Uh, I mean, they did mention that the planet was Titan a few times, but it's debatable whether or not it was Titan mm. in our solar system or a different planet called Titan again. Uh, I, it was it was the intro to when the Guardians first come into it, and you kind of hear like the be- the bel- Belter tune, and it's just a picture of space, and then it's there for like five minutes, and it just comes up space. <laughs> I was like, here we go, there's the Guardians, <laughs> space. I I really enjoyed the way that the, their stuff kind of melded into the Avenger stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some, the Russo brothers did really well mm-hmm. that they were able to kind of match the tone. Of the road and stuff, but also of everybody who's yeah. done yeah. like the satellite movies around them. Yeah, all those disparate uh, things and stuff definitely did yeah. together yeah. well. Even like again when uh, Zoe Saldana is telling Chris Pratt, "When the time comes, you have to kill me," and they go in for a winch, and Drax has been standing there for an hour. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> just crisp and that, and he's like, 
I'm fairly sure the invisible man's like, hi, Drax. Like, damn it. <laughs> oh, fucking. There was, little yeah, nice there was, touches there was like that, like even just like a that one of my favorite scenes in the film as well was like when they go to the collector's kind of place and a you see that whole scene kind of play out where she thinks she's killed him and then it's like she breaks out of tears and you hear his voice and stuff all that was fucking great it was really well done yeah which also then played into Gamora's death scene yeah wow. which I thought I thought was brilliant it was yeah, brilliant fucking ruthless man like the whole whole time she's ripping the cunt out of him going, uh, you can't now get this stone because you've got no heart, no soul. And you can see he's like, yeah. actually torn up about this decision and like they, because he's a big bastard. Yeah. He knows he's still got your killer. Aye. But like they, they also set that up before that scene as well though, like in the bit when like she sees the throne and he says mm. to her it's like somebody had always hoped you would sit in it. And like yeah. you get the impression even then that like in his own fucked up way, he does care about her. So yeah. she doesn't believe it, or she just can't see it. Yeah, and, she's, and he's like, oh, we're playing with the perfectly balanced dagger, but in the background, her mother and that are being killed. Yeah, yeah. No, it was all that, all, all that fucking stuff with Thanos and Gamora was great. The movie, the movie in general was just, it was really fucking, it was well done from start to finish. Yeah, I just wish that, as I said, like I just wish that some of those deaths would have meaning, like proper impact. At least they're not gonna. Okay. Um, I don't really know if there's much else to say. He's got anything else to say about it? I've read a few interesting articles. Well, I say interesting. I've read a few articles where a lot of the complaint about the film has been that if you're new to it, it's a terrible film to join in on. Which I found yeah. really, a really strange thing yeah. for the press to highlight, considering it's like, let's be honest, if you're walking into this film blind, having never seen a Marvel movie, yeah. what are you doing? In the past ten years, yeah, yeah exactly. why? Why like, do you yeah. rock? I mean, it's the you same like children. It would be the same as like uh, watching Game of Thrones, like watching the last episode of season five yeah. of Game of Thrones, but then watch the rest of it. So there's so many characters and there's so many events. So, like, yeah. yeah, that's not that's not a valid criticism yeah. at all. No. And like even then the the story like say you'd never seen it before that's Thanos's movie and like he has an arc from start to finish mm. it's all about collecting those stones and he does exactly that so like, yeah. I don't even think it's a valid criticism Neil uh, yes quick side note Thomas. I thought this was fucking great but at the same time I would hate that fucking guy so much did you see what Tommaso Ciampa tweeted Ah that was brilliant that was fucking <laughs> Amazing. So heal, heal as fuck. So who's he and what did he tweet? Basically, uh, me and Neil are wrestling fans. We watch wrestling. Uh, no way. And on uh, the NXT show, there's a guy called Tommaso Ciampa who is like the fucking healest heel ever right now because he turned his back on uh, Superface. He's a big dirty bastard. Yeah, oh, yes. Superface Johnny Gargano. So... He's basically the, he's booed to fuck big time. I don't. I can't mind the last time I've seen a heel get so much heat from the crowd. It's unreal. But yeah. anyway, Tommaso. So like Roman Reigns. It's like Roman Reigns heat, but good. Yeah. <laughs> and then basically, Tommaso Ciampa said something like, "Oh fuck!" What the tweet was something like, uh, uh, "It's nice to see, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's nice to see the good guy win." At the at the end of Avengers, so well done, Thanos, kind of thing, and he did that days after the fucking thing had been released, and you're like, you fucking asshole, empty of holes, is a totally like, heel heat. bastard like, heat you, man. You you're the same as me. You haven't read any of the comics and stuff, right? Hmm. 
but like you also haven't really watched any YouTube videos about the stuff, right? No. Did you not know it was going to end with that finger click? No, I didn't. Like, I'm. I would be interested to know how many people didn't didn't already know that that's I, what it was. A lot to. of people, a lot of people wouldn't have known that. I, at the end of the day, I didn't want to know. You know what I mean? I, I just watched Shakespeare. Okay, I, 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 I don't feel any right. kind of work. There's a guy, guy from my work, Stephen Cahill, who I talk to about these films quite a lot. And he watches them with his son. And his son is, and he'll probably kill me if I get this wrong, but he's like seven or something like that. And can you imagine being a seven-year-old and you've watched all of these Marvel movies, pretty much from Iron Man onwards, over the space of the last year, and you haven't read the comics, so all you know is this. You go into that film and see all of your heroes die. That's That'll be traumatising for a win. Definitely. definitely. I mean, even the bit at the start when uh, Loki's getting strangled and you see his bloodshot eyes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's very grim. I actually, I, I did think, I was like, man, there's going to be Wayne's fucking crying in this man, definitely. But I'm pretty sure I heard, I heard like, uh... There's also, there's also going to be a lot of middle-aged women who enjoy the work of Tom Hiddleston that no doubt were in tears yeah. as well. Like, when they, when Loki died, I did actually think of Pamela Hoey. Ah. Uh, instantly. But what were you going to say? Like, is it when the when the film ended and a kid, oh, there was a, there was a, a kid, kid in IMAX went, finally? No, there was, I, I can't mind that. Uh, there was a kid, that came, there was a kid and his dad and they were like, just sitting there and I was like, well, as kid's like, well, that's not what's, they're going to come back and the dad's like, no, they're not, they're dead. And I was like, fucking straight up, yeah, man. That's, so you should have it, man. Like, fucking, I, I, I wish, sugarcoat I, I that wish shit. there was, I, I wish there was somebody to tell me that, you know, like, uh, that, just, to have it be impactful, because for me it totally isn't. Mm. Like, uh, if they'd just, if they'd kept it all the total B-tier people who are not, like, big franchise names dying, but, or, like, capping that... A healthy I would, mix of it. I would have totally have been like, okay, Black Panther and Spider-Man should never have died in that. They should, that should, those two... Or no, I, I thought that Spider-Man would be one of the ones to die. Nah, you've to made too honest. much, like, that's, and it's a real-world thing, but, like, you made too much money. Like Spider Man is too big a character. Like if they had yeah, but some it's form all, of it's always it's always going to get retconned. Yeah, because it's a two part movie. Yeah, I just wish it was more permanent. Uh, but yeah, like other people have kind of pointed. I never really noticed this, but other people pointed out the fact that like uh, after all the kind of deaths of the Avengers and stuff, the ones who are left are essentially the original lineup. It is Hulk, Thor, Cap. Black Widow and Iron Man. Doctor Strange. No, he's dead. Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, he did gone. die. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, like all the new ones, pretty much are gone. Like with the exception of for now Ant Man, but I get the impression that in the after credits kind of scene at Ant Man, you're going to see people from his uh, storylines disappear. That would make sense. Oh well. We'll have to wait and see then. Well, yeah. Not too long. Is that like two months away? Yeah, and we get Ant Man the Wasp next month. No, July. Okay, two months away. Yeah. Next it's month July. is solo. Sweet. And this month. So, it's Deadpool 2. Cool. Solo. Uh, it's solo this month or June? Uh, May. It's this month. Uh, May. Okay. Uh, have you guys got anything else to say? No, I
No, no, it was the fucking tits. Yeah, so uh, if, you're, if you're still listening, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, even though there was two Chinese lassies that talked the whole way through it, doing air kisses at the screen anytime Captain America came on, Black Panther came on, Bucky came on. Iron Man, come on, and double air kisses when Tom Holland came on. I mean, they like that the English boy. That just sounds like they've got taste. And there was a there's a woman sitting next to me on the other side who continually kept battering me with her knee and munching on her popcorn dead loud and shouting at the screen. I mean, that sounds to me even, like you are maybe being flirted with Neil. Even that was not enough to make this film not the tits. I, I sw- like, did you watch it in the IMAX or did you just watch it in the regular show? Uh, super screen. Right, like we we saw it in three D at the IMAX, and uh, maybe that is worth mentioning as well that like the three D effects are possibly the best I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, but at times it made everything look like toys. Like mm-hmm. you know, there's like a bit where the Falcon and the war machine are kind of flying towards the big shield and a. Uh, Wakanda and like it looked like people had just thrown a couple of action figures at the TV. <laughs> uh, yeah, you didn't you didn't get that on the super screen. Yeah. It was alright. Uh, so that's it for the show, I guess. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been Raptors in the Kitchen on the first of May, twenty eighteen. Uh, let's wrap it up. I know Tommy's got to go burn something. He's big, wicker man. Weird little hiding though.